That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi there, I'm Lauren McGinwin with teammate Aliyah Kamalova. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. On today's episode, we're diving into salary talk, how to discuss salary in a job interview, when asking for a raise, making a career transition, and many other common work situations. We're thrilled to be joined by Pamela Nifer-Kara, Board Director, Strategic Advisor, Vice President Brand Marketing and Retail Expert, and Patty Ross, Board Director, Strategic Advisor, Vice President Strategy Operations and Talent and Thought Leader, to share their tips around salary discussions. We'll be discussing two things on today's episode. One, why salary transparency and having conversations around salaries at work are important. And two, how to have salary conversations in various work situations. One more thing before we dive into how to talk about money is our gratitude for our reviews on Apple Podcasts from all of you. I just wanted to read a recent one that we got from Jessica Bird on September 24th. She said, this podcast contains so many golden nuggets of information and strategies for women in business. Love all the interesting information from the guests. Must listen. Thank you, Jessica, so much. And I'm so happy to hear that just because this episode is jam-packed full of incredible information from today's guests. If you haven't already left us a review, please consider doing so. It really helps our show be found by more people and kind of rank higher. And we're only about one or two reviews away from having 200, which is just like a really cool milestone we'd love to hit. And we need your help to do that. So if you would consider leaving us a review, we'd be super grateful. All right. And now this is the females. Hi, Patty and Pamela. Welcome to the show. And thanks so much for being here today. Lauren and Leah, thank you so much for having us. It's so exciting to be here. Yeah, we are so excited. And I am incredibly excited to be doing this with my good friend, Pamela. So I'm really happy to be here today. Well, for this episode, you know, we reached out to the career contested community and asked them questions surrounding salary talk. And, you know, we got a lot of great responses, but more importantly, it was overwhelming how many responses we got. And it wasn't just the typical, how do you ask for a raise? It was a lot of these like, you know, very specific salary scenarios, like how do you 
go back to a company when you've already left. And so what I love about this conversation that we're going to have is we're going to go above and beyond just the basic, I think what a lot of people cover in salary, which is how to ask for that raise. And, you know, I first love to start the discussion with just salary transparency, because I think that's going to be a theme in a lot of what we discussed today. And simply put, if you guys have never heard of salary transparency, we have a lot of information about this on Career Contessa, but it's really just the disclosure of real salaries earned by real people in a company. And And I want to talk about why this is important, but I'd like to ask you, Patty and Pamela, your perspective on why salary transparency is important and can be useful when advocating for yourself or others in the workplace. And Patty, let's start with you. Well, I think you're absolutely right, Lauren. It has become such an important topic in the conversation of the workplace and workplace equity. Taking steps towards salary transparency not only helps individuals, but it helps companies become more equitable because the more information that we have, the more we can shine the light on you know, existing wage gaps. And let's just face it, there's been tons and tons of research that confirms that this is a huge problem. So the more information I think we can share, the more we empower employees in formulating their business cases around their compensation and especially for women and people of color. Yeah, I think it's really evident that employees today are demanding a different approach. You know, this legacy of kind of secret salaries is deeply rooted in an outdated sort of boys club approach and mentality. And today our employees are asking us to be much more upfront, more objective and more fair. Mm -hmm, Definitely. I'm also curious to know if there are some pitfalls that come along with having salary transparency. Have either of you experienced negative situations around, you know, that money talk in the workplace? I mean, absolutely. I think one of the biggest criticisms of salary transparency and where companies are concerned about having that information be so visible is that many believe that it starts to breed resentment among employees. And so if if you feel like you're being paid unfairly, I would say that a company at that point has not achieved pay equity. And so I've had to personally work through this as a leader with employees as information does become more visible. And while these conversations can be emotional and really threaten people's self-worth, I think in the long-term benefits to the individual employees and the workplace as a whole outweighs all the short-term discomfort. And so as managers, you have to have those courageous conversations. They're not always comfortable, but I think in the long run, it builds the trust and loyalty of your employees that the company is committed to doing the right thing. Yeah, for sure. It's not an overnight transition and it can be difficult to get there, but Patty is absolutely correct. The long-term benefits are absolutely worth it and companies really need to start moving in this direction. Yeah. And I think part of it is, as you mentioned, Patty, about leaders, it's like hopefully companies will start to give leaders the resources, the tools, the language that they need to have these conversations because it can absolutely dissuade uh, or uh, outweigh the discomfort. And sometimes I feel like for leaders, they're just sort of caught off guard a little bit. So how do the benefits of salary transparency show up in various roles or positions at work? For example, how does a transparent salary conversation benefit a manager versus an employee? Well, I think, first of all, as you said, as managers and leaders, we need to practice and we need to build this capability to have these tough conversations. According to an Institute of Women's Policy Research, only 17% of private companies today practice pay transparency. So whether we're 
looking at it from a manager's perspective or an employee's perspective, there's so much opportunity on what we can collectively do to advocate on why it matters. I think specifically for managers, businesses that have transparent pay policies have better employee productivity and engagement because they're both building a cohesive workplace culture where trust is starting to develop between employees and, and managers. And, and I think the increased visibility encourages us as organizations and leaders to establish standard equal pay for equal work. And, and that's what it's about, doing the right thing. And I think when transparent pay policies are in place, companies are more apt to hire more people of color and women, which drives innovation and growth and competitive advantage. So huge, huge benefits for managers and organizations. And I, and I think for employees, it just empowers employees so that they can advocate for themselves. Um, more information, you know, empowers employees to have the right objective and fact-based conversations and as I've said a couple times, it's about trust and loyalty, which is incredibly important. Yeah, I think that if they know they're being paid fairly and they have a lot of trust, I think trust is one of those skill sets in a company too, or when we think about like employee retention, it's like trust is not usually high on the list, but it should be because I do feel like people are less likely to look around at other job opportunities or go somewhere else when they have trust, when they have a good relationship. And part of that is knowing that you are paid fairly for what you do. So for managers too, just like this overall retention tool for you, and that can be good for employees as well. So just want to <laughs> put the the word trust out there as like, I, you cannot undervalue that. It's, it's so unique in a workplace. You're so right, Lauren. And I think the other thing that everyone needs to remember is that trust takes time to build. Salary transparency is one aspect of building trust with your employees, but employees are looking very closely at everything that a company is doing. Uh, and they want to make sure that, you know, you're very authentic in what you're saying, that your actions and your words are aligned. So this is another important component to building trust and something that needs to be consistent over time. Yeah, agree. Well, up next, Pamela and Patty are going to share their tips and actual scripts for talking about salary in various work situations. All right. So the first scenario we're going over is the job interview. So of course, you know, one of the most common questions we get is, do I bring up salary during the interview process? And if so, how do I bring it up? How do you think people should approach this scenario? And Pamela, we can start with you. Yeah, uh, Lauren, I actually don't believe that there's a good reason to bring up salary early in the interview process unless for some reason you believe the company's pay scale is just, you know, way out of your acceptable range. But if you've done your homework before getting to an interview, then you should already know this. I think the real challenge is often uh, the recruiter or the initial person you speak to will often ask you for a specific number. Uh, and that's when you have to be very cautious and very savvy. So I have a script that I've given to people uh, that I'm happy to say they've come back and told me, oh, my God, that worked. <laughs> <laughs> we love that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. And it goes something like this. So when you get the question, the recruiter says, so, you know, well, well, what what salary are you at? Or they may throw out a range, you know, well, would a range of, you know, X to Y uh, work for you? Then 
avoid giving a number. Do not give a number. And instead, what you want to say is something like, you know, I think a lot of women especially sell themselves short by sharing their past salary. So what I'm looking for in compensation is to be paid at a level commensurate with the responsibilities of the role that is on par with my peers and competitive in the marketplace. I also understand that compensation is more than just salary, so I'll be taking a look at the total package. And let me tell you, I have never had anyone <laughs> question that statement. <laughs> no. As a past recruiter, I can uh, admit that that would be one of those things where you're just like, put a star next to their name, like they know their stuff yeah. and move on. <laughs> yeah, because really the time to talk salary you know, if you've done your homework and you know that the you have good uh, confidence that whatever the company is going to come back with is going to be in your ballpark, right? So don't talk salary at the beginning. Talk salary when you're actually given an offer. And be sure that, you know, you consider the entire package because you can negotiate more than just salary, right? You can negotiate vacation time, work location, schedule, hours, sign-on bonus. There's so many more components to compensation than just the salary. Yeah. I think to your point, it just, it really communicates confidence too. like that statement sounds very confident and that would make an interviewer also want to continue with the most confident, for example, the most confident applicant. It also is a benefit, uh, shows a benefit of going in there and knowing exactly what you want. Even when you're job searching, like before you're even applying to companies to have a list of like, here's, what I'm looking for. And then you can go in confidently and have a salary discussion later on because maybe you're willing to bend in some areas and not in other areas. So I think that's a really great script to use in the interview process. Hey listeners, I want to take a quick break to let you know about Career Contessa's online courses. We have a variety of online courses that cover a range of topics. Need help revamping your resume? We got you covered with our 24-hour resume makeover course. What about if you're interested in making a career transition? Yep, we have that too. It's called the Career Transition Roadmap. Need help owning your first 90 days as a new manager? Mm-hmm, we have a course for that too. It's called the New Manager Manual. You can learn more about all of our online courses by going to careercontessa.com backslash courses, and we'll also include it in the show notes. I'm Amanda Lippman. I run an organization called Run For Something. I wrote a book called Run For Something. And now I host this show, also called Run For Something. My mission is simple. Find people who care about solving problems and help them run for office. Every Tuesday, I'll talk with amazing and incredible candidates and elected officials who are already making a difference. They're in local offices that might seem small and not so sexy, but are actually hugely important for your day-to-day life. Fixing our broken system will take all of us and people like you. Listen in every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so our next scenario is returning back to a company and increasing your rates. So we had one listener write in and they said that they might be moving back to a company that they worked at for a bit, but now they wanted a better salary. So What's the best way to talk about money when returning to a company that you've already worked at? So this also might be applicable to people who are freelance or contract workers whose rates may have increased. Yeah, I think that's a really great question because I've 
actually had friends who have left companies and come back to those companies. But I think no matter, you know, the scenario, first and foremost, you should be prepared to make the case to justify either the salary or the rate that you're requesting, right? Don't focus on what was. You're in the present. So you want to focus on competitive salaries for similar roles or as a freelancer right now. And then if you're a freelancer, one of the things you can do is, you know, just talk about how you'll be making an adjustment in your rates to reflect the cost of doing business. You don't need to go into big, long explanations. Don't apologize. <laughs> you know, Just state it very plainly. And if you feel like you're concerned, you know, that the company may hesitate, you know, you can always offer current clients maybe a three-month or a six-month moratorium on a rate increase and say, okay, well, I can do this project for the next several months at my old rates, but going forward, you know, this is how I'm going to be pricing my services. So just be very objective, very matter-of-fact about it. And I totally agree with Pamela. And it's interesting because I, too, have left a company and returned. Um, and then more specifically, the last three and a half years, I've retired and, you know, and, and doing now a fair amount of consulting. So I've, I've not only had to kind of research how to handle this, I've also stumbled and had to learn a lot as I've gone through this process. And I mean, I think the keys for me is, is that this is an area where you really need to be confident in, the, in your value proposition and what you bring to an organization. And like I said, as whether you're returning as an employee or, or freelancing, but you have to approach the negotiation with confidence and more specifically data, both qualitative and quantitative on why you believe you warrant the request or salary or rate that you're asking for. So you also have to be incredibly clear of what you want. What are your non-negotiables? And because you want to demonstrate how you can add value and can make a difference in that company, not apologize for it. And I think more importantly than anything, be willing to walk away. If you're super clear about what you want and what you don't want and what your non-negotiables are, you're going to show up with confidence, clarity, purpose, and you're not going to try to defend, protect, or prove. And that's so important because I think sometimes women, we approach these conversations in these scenarios through the lens of scarcity, and we're not going to show up and be our best self. So really get yourself grounded and clear and just go in there. And frankly, that's what men do. So I just think women need to kind of just be super sharp about what they want and what they don't want. Yeah. One of the best tips I ever got was when you're negotiating, say what you want and then stop talking. <laughs> and I think that's another thing for women is sometimes I, and I do this too, like when I'm doing something that also makes me uncomfortable, I tend to just go on and on. And it's like, be confident in your value proposition and also concise, be willing to walk away, stop talking. You know, I think the confidence comes, it comes across also when you kind of don't go on and on yeah. and on. Okay, let's talk about our next scenario, which is very common, which is asking for a raise. So let's talk raises. We had a few people write in about how to ask for a raise or how to even go about starting the conversation. And just so you guys know, the listeners, I want to mention that we actually have a script that you can use for asking for a raise. It's called the gimme. We will link to that in the show notes. But Pamela and Patty, do you have any tips and scripts for people going through that process right now or would like to go through the process soon, especially as they're near the end of 2020? So they might be thinking about doing this in 2021. Well, I think 
asking for a raise is always a tough conversation and studies and research has shown that it's even harder for women. So I definitely believe though that there's things that we can do to make it easier and think about it from making it easier so that your manager can say yes. So really understanding your boss's interests and goals and just their approach accordingly. So really Put yourself in the manager's shoes to end the point. Gather data as much as you can. Once again, being able to clearly represent your, your unique contribution and impact. And don't forget, a lot of times our bosses might not be aware of everything that you've accomplished over the last year or whatever that period of time is. So come in with really sharp evidence of what you've delivered and the impact that you've made. Gather information about the company and industry-wide salaries and the trends. And this is where you can leverage your colleagues, your network, external and internal information. And then is, you know, it's so important is choose the right moment. Be really strategic about the timing and the circumstances of when you have that conversation. Cause that could also determine the openness of your manager's capacity to have that conversation in that moment. Practice, 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 practice in front of a mirror role play with friends, have them ask you questions. As we've said several times, you said it, Lauren, be comfortable in the silence. Less is more. Be, you know, be really clear about the key points that you want to make and then be quiet. And then it's about being confident. So, you know, strive for a tone of mutual respect, be super calm, conversational. And it's really about a collaborative dialogue. And then I think this is really, really important. And Pamela mentioned it in the beginning, you know, benefits are beyond just salary. So if the answer is no to a quote unquote raise, are there other benefits that you might accept instead of the increased salary, such as bonus, stock options, flexibility, work hours? And depending on how the conversation goes, if the boss still says no, then ask, what will it take to shift to a yes? So here, here's a possible script that I've used in the past is, you know, what tasks can I take on? What changes can I make in my job that would lead to a raise? And so I think what that demonstrates is that it shows your boss that you're committed to growing within the company and that you're willing to do the hard work that it's going to take. I think everything Patty said just now was spot on. Importantly, I think another consideration is your boss may not be the final decision maker in this situation. And so you have to think about not only arming yourself, you know, with all this information, but think about how are you arming your boss so your boss can go in there and fight for you if they have to. Because a lot of times I've actually found myself in the situation where my boss agreed with me, but, you know, that person, my direct manager, was not the final decision maker. So a lot of times pulling your case together, you know, you want to pull your case together, not just with your immediate uh, manager in mind, but think one level or maybe even two levels above them. And what information would someone at that level need to see? Yeah, that's a great reminder. And on the topic of raises, we had someone, uh, a listener write in asking about how to ask for a raise during COVID. So their company went through budget cuts and they were wondering how to approach that situation. Is it crazy to ask for a raise when your company has been pretty transparent about budget cuts? 
I frankly believe that you can have that discussion if you feel that it's justified. If you've gone through all the steps that Patty just talked about in terms of having your data, understanding the context, understanding, you know, the timing and the circumstances. While yes, there may have been budget cuts, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not additional, you know, funds to give someone a raise if that raise is justified. But I think as Patty said, right, be prepared um, to hear the word no right now. Again, it may not be an issue with budget cuts. It may be an issue with optics, right? The company may feel like, well, hey, we just laid off a bunch of folks, so it doesn't necessarily look good for us to offer raises to the employees who are still here. So take that no as no for now. And then ask, okay, well, can we revisit the conversation down the road, three months down the road, six months down the road? And then make sure that you continue to track salary data for positions like yours so your information remains up to date and you're really armed with, you know, some objective facts. I love the idea of even if you hear no, don't be afraid to plant that seed today. And then if you say you're going to follow up in six months, put it on your calendar and do it. Just be sure that you follow through with what you say you're going to do. Because remember, you're always teaching people or training people how to treat you or how you work. So, you know, if you stand by your word, they'll know, oh, well, if I tell her six months, I know she's coming back to me in six months, which I think is a good thing. I think it's good to, to have them kind of know like, when I ask for something, I mean it. Okay. So our next scenario is salary benchmarking. And we had a couple of questions about this, which is, I guess, also known as compensation benchmarking. So for those of you who don't know, this is when internal job descriptions are matched to external jobs with similar responsibilities to identify the market rate for each position. So one listener asked, how do you benchmark? And then someone else asked how to make a benchmark while making a career transition. So two kind of similar, but different, like one, how do you benchmark? And then how do you benchmark for something you've never done before, but you want to do that career transition? Well, I got to tell you, I think the great news is right now there are so many sources for salary data out there that are easily accessible. You know, there are websites like Glassdoor, like salary.com, you know, if especially if it's a job that you aren't in right now and you're interested in switching careers, then go look at the job sites with listings like Indeed.com or Monster.com. You know, we were talking about transparency earlier. This is why companies have been forced to become more transparent because of engines like this where folks can go out and they can see for themselves what these benchmarks look like. I think another important thing too is, you know, headhunters and recruiters are still an important part of the, you should maintain a relationship with at least one headhunter. And this should be somebody that with whom you check in regularly, I would say at a minimum once a year, uh, because they are also a great source for benchmarking, right? Because they're talking to a lot of different employers. They know what the packages are that these employers are offering. And so even if you feel like um, you're totally happy with the job that you have and you don't have any interest in moving, you know, it doesn't hurt to have a conversation and to, you know, keep in touch uh, and that they can be such a great source for this type of information. 
Mm-hmm. And just shameless plug, Claire Contessa has a salary database as well. It's called the Salary Project. And what's really cool about our salary database is that we will give you access to all of the data. So some salary tools will just benchmark where you are. So this, I guess, is very helpful for the people who are making career transitions or thinking about, well, how much does X career make? But to your point, Pamela, it's like, look at a lot of different tools and resources as well. Don't just use Glassdoor or just salary.com because I know at least when I've worked with compensation analysts before, they go far and wide with their research. Our last question is how to navigate salary talk among coworkers. So if there is not a clear compensation structure within your company or organization, how do you go about sharing your own salary and learning about how much your coworkers are making, especially people who share your same position? It's uh, so funny because so much of, of what we're talking today is about not only confidence and clarity, but it's having courageous conversations. And, and this is another courageous conversation. You know, you've done all of your networking You've looked external, internal, but you're still running short of data that you really need. And a colleague of Pamela and mine, Kate Dixon, recently um, just wrote a book. It's called Pay Up, Unlocking Insider Secrets of Salary Negotiation. And she had a specific chapter that really focused on this that I found was really interesting. And she explicitly addresses how you can start conversations with friends and colleagues about market pay. So one of the scripts that she had in there that I thought was completely relevant to this question is, is you can come in and respond to a friend as, hey, I'm collecting information about pay for jobs like, like ours, if, if it's a similar colleague that has um, a job just like yours or like yours. And my research is showing salary in the XX to YY range. Would you mind telling me if you're in, above, or under that range? Give uh, an opportunity for them to opt in or out. And if they're hesitant to share the information, you ask them if they're rain instead. So it's a kind of a gradual and gracious way to at least breach that conversation and to see how receptive they are to having that conversation. I think the good news is, is that there's so much more receptivity and openness to talk about pay than there's ever been because people want to make sure that there's equity in the workplace. And we know without having these conversations and having the information visible, we're never going to get there. So the good news is I think people are less uh, uncomfortable. And for many organizations, they're actually modeling this from the top, which also helps us have from a level of transparency and integrity. Yeah. I mean, you guys were both VPs at a big company, (laughs) Nike. Would you guys have been offended if a coworker came up to you and asked you that? Because I think that's always the fear is like, oh, you know, if I ask and it doesn't go well, you're like totally embarrassed. You like, you know, immediately regret it. I'm just curious, would you guys have been offended? I would have been ecstatic, you know, because by them asking me, that also helps me because I can turn around and ask them. So if we're, you know, really sharing uh, and it's mutual, right, that's to the benefit of every employee. You know, in the course of my 18 years at Nike, I can't tell you how infrequently women and people of color asked questions of me like this. You know, they just did not, you know, they didn't negotiate. They didn't ask, well, what does a VP make? Do I even want to be a VP? You know, what does that compensation package look like? 
Whereas I would have white men all the time <laughs> asking these questions and never afraid to push back. You know, especially if a woman wanted to talk about, you know, benefits and compensation, wanted to understand what is a stock option. You know, a lot of people are embarrassed to ask these questions. Don't be embarrassed. You know, I grew up in a household, you know, my father was in the military. I didn't learn what a stock option was until I got to corporate America, you know. And you're not, if, if you don't ask, you won't know, you won't, you won't learn. So don't be afraid to ask. And I think especially as leaders, and Pamela's right, if we're not having these conversations, we're not going to hide some of these structural inequalities. And, and I think in order to do that, we have to be open and courageous enough to have those conversations, not with the intent of hurting organizations, but really with the intent to make organizations better. Yeah. And sometimes you can put the problem statement on the table. It's not personal. It's not about attacking. It's about making us all better. So if we, the more information we know, the better we can become. And I think with that type of energy and spirit and intention, we're actually going to help accelerate organizations' abilities to make some of these shifts more quickly. Yeah. I'm going to also link to, we did a podcast episode about how to have intimidating conversations at work with, she's a therapist, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford. She runs therapy for black girls. And so I'm going to link to that in the show notes as well, because she talked a lot about, you know, taking the personal out of an emotion. I know everyone probably just got triggered by that thinking (laughs) easier said than done. So we'll link to that as well. Mm -hmm. But Patty and Pamela, thank you so much for these scripts, these advice, this advice, your stories. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a confidence boost for everybody who is thinking about the salary stuff, just to hear your advice for that. So thank you. Thank you. Well, it was a, it was an honor and and it's um, a privilege to be here and share Um, I think that's what it's about right now. It's about paying it forward. And the more information we can instill in the workforce of the future and the leaders of the future, it makes it all worth it. I'm doubling down on what Patty said, for sure. It's really great to have a forum like this, to be able to have this conversation, to share it with others. And uh, all I ask is that everybody continue to pay it forward. And that's how we'll all continue to elevate. I love it. We'll end on paying it forward. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. You guys already know this, but we love hearing from you and we read every single review. And of course, you can let us know what topics you'd love to see on future episodes of The Females. And you can do all of that right there in your review. As Lauren mentioned in the episode, we have a script that will help you ask for a raise called the Gimme Script. It's free, so download it and use it today. We'll link to it in the show notes. We also have an excellent resource for salary transparency. We also mentioned that in the episode called The Salary Project. In less than 10 minutes, you could access thousands of salaries and see how yours compares. Everything is anonymous, but you will be able to see how much people make in similar job positions in various cities. That's linked in the show notes as well. And a big thank you to Pamela and Patty for sharing their time and excellent advice around salary discussions on today's episode. 